morning and welcome to worship at Calvary Baptist Church. Whether you're finding us on Facebook Live or here in our Zoom room, we hope that you are making your way to us and that we are making our way to you. And we invite you just for a moment to maybe take a deep breath or center yourself amidst the clicking and the finding of bulletins and the deciding on Zoom or Facebook. We hope you can find a moment to ground yourselves, center yourselves, and connect this morning. It's good to be together this morning. Today at Calvary, we are celebrating Pride. This is Pride Sunday this morning, but there's so much always that we hold together as a community. Last week, we honored and commemorated Juneteenth and celebrated it by speaking about what it means to be an abolitionist church. And we know that just this week, Juneteenth has become a federal holiday. And so we lift up our Black members at Calvary. We want you to know, we hope that this weekend has been one of joy, celebration, and commemoration over freedom that was deferred, a dream that was deferred. And we know that there are many dreams that continue to be deferred. And so the work the life, the joining stays before us. To our white members, I hope that this weekend you stepped back and you listened and you learned and you grew and you commemorated appropriately, knowing that this is not your day, but this is a day no less that you must learn to connect with and be shaped by and be joined by and be moved by so that we together can be doing the work of liberation. So we commemorate and celebrate. This morning is Pride Sunday. This morning is also Father's Day. And I take a moment to look up and give thanks for our fathers who love well, who have helped us grow and be shaped and be loved. We know that days like this are complicated for many of us. They may be days where we are grieving. They may be days where we feel more separation than we do joining. However you enter Father's Day this day, we want you to know that we are with you, that we hold you up as a community. But I want to say a special word on Pride Sunday and Father's Day. I'm giving thanks today to be a part of a community where I know that the fathers connected to Calvary understand why a day like Pride Sunday is so important. Understand what it means to love your children fully and unconditionally, however they show up in the world. So I am especially thankful for you today. And as we start our worship worship, and we sing a song giving thanks for the divine fem- feminine, I give thanks that one of our new fathers, Tim Shaw, is singing it to us and for us and with us because these are the kind of fathers that make life at Calvary so good and joyful and formative. So let's sing together this morning and worship and hold all that we hold together today.
In her hand, she's got the whole world. In her hand, she's got the whole world. In her hand, she's got the whole world in her hands. She's got the wind and the rain. In her hand, she's got the wind and the rain. In her hand, she's got the wind and the rain. In her hand, she's got the whole world in her In her hand, she's got the whole world. In her hand, she's got the whole world. In her hand, she's got the whole world in her hands. Good morning. Please join me as we call ourselves to worship this morning. Spirit of the living God. All fresh on us. Today we celebrate pride and the gift of our LGBTQ plus siblings. Today we gather to be moved by your liberating spirit. Welcome to Calvary this morning. We're glad that you're here. It's so nice to see everyone's faces. Um, we, I am Eva Powell. I am your Deacon of the Week. And so if this week you have any things that you would like to celebrate or any things you need to just speak to another human about or need prayer over, uh, I, you can reach out to me and I am glad to be what you need in that moment. And now please join me for the passing of the peace. The peace of the Lord be with you. And also with you. La paz del Señor sea contigo. Y contigo también. Make us one where we have the chance to share what we have um, and share it in this community where we practice um, living the kingdom of God together and figuring out new ways to do that and be faithful to one another. Many of you give, I give thanks, we give thanks that given technology, you have your giving set up to be automatic 
periodically into the church on a weekly or a monthly basis. One time in the worship also where we want to pause and give thanks for those gifts and offer blessings for them that God may help us take them and use them for the good, for the building, for the repair of the world. Thank you.
The gospel lesson this morning comes from John eleven thirty eight to 34. Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he had been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you all, I know that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, his face wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Lazarus, come out. This morning, we have the special privilege of getting to hear from some of our Calvary members about why being part of an LGBTQ plus affirming church matters so much to them. So our sermon in a sense will be in two parts. Part one, we'll be really getting to hear from their voices and then we'll reflect together. And then I'll offer some brief words, more like a reflection on the sermon I wish that I would have heard years ago. I invite you to take a deep breath on this Pride Sunday and prepare your hearts and minds and spirits for this liberating queer spirit that we have just conjured to fill our lives. May this spirit infuse and shape us today. It means so much to me that Calvary is an affirming church because I feel like this is a place that sees me in all of my fullness of who I am and also that sees God in all of their fullness. Um, I don't claim to know all that God is, but I believe that, a, that God is a God of the oppressed and the reviled, a God of who teaches us how to remake families um, and who teaches us to make chosen families, and a God who doesn't ask us to hide who we are to be loved, um, but calls us beloved exactly as we are. And so it is such a joy for me to be in a community to worship with people who I know believe that same thing. Um, and I'm just, I'm so grateful. To me, being a part of an LGBTQ plus affirming church, specifically Calvary Baptist in DC, means that we are a place where all are welcome. But not only is everyone welcome, everyone is accepted, loved, celebrated, encouraged, supported, represented. And that to me is bigger than most things can be. It's also important to me that church is a safe place. Churches have caused a lot of harm to a lot of people. 
and it is incredible to be a part of a beloved community centered around love and acceptance, affirmation, encouragement, and support of me, family, friends, strangers, neighbors, anyone who comes into our physical church or our Zoom room. While the concept is not exclusive to the queer community, LGBTQ people in particular often rely on something called chosen family. Many in our community have experienced rejection or alienation from members of their biological families, and so they have friends who become family in their stead. It's absolutely essential to me that our church is a place where folks can find their chosen family. And that means being a community where queer folks are not just welcomed, not just affirmed, but celebrated and supported and loved. A place where we can be reminded that despite what the world may tell us, we are beloved by God. I also think the benefits of full inclusion run in both directions. The church is enriched by its LGBTQ members who bring gifts such as intersectional empathy and solidarity, artistic talents and creativity, and an understanding of God outside of rigid gendered doctrine. So when I was in even high school, it started really not saying right with me how gay people specifically were to be sort of excluded from the church and um, how it wasn't a thing I felt in my heart. It didn't make sense of how I understood Christianity. And, you know, yeah, in my medium Baptist background, you know, not the most severe version of Black Baptist, but enough to be uh, where we felt like we were being bold and saying, we don't feel like it's our place to judge. Or uh, I remember saying in Sunday school, we didn't feel like it's our place to judge gay people our job is to love people and that felt like a big act of rebellion but just the fact that I felt like I had to walk this line you know through my my youthful faith and I got to college uh, and I had an Episcopal um, Episcopal chapel and in, in the early aughts that's when the Episcopal church specifically uh, became welcoming and affirming itself and I realized that I didn't have to compromise that we were the ones, the humans were the ones messing up. We were the ones trying to limit God's love, um, which seemed like not our place. And once I realized that it was a human problem, I, I just immediately believed that I needed to find a church that did not have that human problem. And it became essential to me to have that as a part of my, my faith life, that uh, a church that was affirming and welcoming to all people because that's what God wants. And it's not to to sort of make the exceptions to that rule. I think it's the most faithful living of the gospel to lead with love. And um, that's why I always, as soon as I got to have my own faith, you know, you know in, in my 20s, I started looking for a church that reflected that. Some people find a church they like, a faith community that speaks to them, and then they check to see if it checks all the boxes. Uh, is it welcoming and inclusive? Does it have good children's program? How's the music? And for me, that checkbox really is a list of one. And the one thing on the checkbox is, do the people love all of God's people in their beauty and complexity and messiness and belovedness and 
that's the whole list for me. And so finding a community, a, a, a faith group, a people who vow to journey together, who recognize each and every single person's full story, that's the whole list for me. To me, that's the whole gospel is God open-armed welcoming each child, each person, each member of the community. And so that at the heart is about being welcoming of our LGBTQ siblings. It's about shouting it from the mountaintop that you are beautiful, beloved, worthy of love. And to me, it was the whole list. And uh, Calvary was at the top of that. And it's uh, been a gorgeous thing to journey alongside each of you in this process. But you didn't even notice It ain't raining anymore It's hard to breathe when all you know is The struggle of staying above The rising waterline Well the sky is finally open The rain and wind stop blowing But you're stuck out in the same old storm again There's always been a rainbow hanging over your head. As a pastor's kid, I grew up hearing my fair share of Lazarus sermons, mostly centered around God's power to raise people from the dead. But every time I heard one of those sermons, one particular line would get me. 
And no, it's not the shortest scripture in the Bible, Jesus wept, though, of course, as a crier, I always appreciated it. (laughs) It's when Jesus cries out in a loud voice, I guess, so that they could hear him in the back, Lazarus, come out. So today, and perhaps as an act of healing and restoration on this Father's Day, a little reflection on the sermon I wish I'd gotten to hear as a child. People who are meant to be alive shouldn't be stuck in cemeteries. I'll say that again. People who are meant to be alive shouldn't be stuck in cemeteries. Jesus seems to know this in this moment, to trust this with every fiber of his being and to be deeply unsettled, wept, with great emotion when someone he loves who should be in a cemetery is stuck in one. Queer Christians are meant to be alive. They are not meant to be stuck in cemeteries that churches keep burying them in. And Jesus will cry and shout and unravel grave clothes until those churches believe it. Just last week, I got an email from a student I knew during my university chaplaincy days. They were on vacation, spending time with their family. It was a Sunday morning. And you know, we're in live stream Zoom church season. So their parents decided to pull up their church live stream. Within minutes, the sermon turned deadly. Within minutes, the sermon became a graveside service in a cemetery nobody asked to be in. Maybe it didn't sound deadly at first pass. We've got to tell gay people that a sin is a sin, but we've got to do it in love. How could a sentence that uses the word love be deadly, right? But as this student now out and gay shook and stumbled to get out their words, they cried out from the depths of their soul like Jesus did, refusing to be buried alive. Come out. Lazarus, come out. Jesus screams like he's rounding the corner of DuPont Circle at a Capitol Pride parade. Come out. We've got to get you out of this cemetery right now. Roll the stone away. Don't walk. Run. Get those sad dead clothes off of you and let this mournful crowd see you in all your living glory. Come out. Now, beloved, coming out is a whole thing. 
And there's plenty to say about that. Today isn't about that, about whether or not those of you working through your gender expression or sexual orientation or how you love and wish to be in the world are out or are not out. This is about churches hearing Jesus's cry out to Lazarus and to each of us come out. This is about churches understanding that Jesus refuses to leave people who weren't meant to be closeted inside sepulchers or bound up in grave clothes or buried alive. And churches, and churches are death-dealing institutions, deadly institutions. If they are speaking anything other then full inclusion, celebration, and imagination of lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, gender non-binary, omnisexual, pansexual lives. In this story, we see that Jesus weeps. And then Jesus cries out. And then Jesus unbinds. And then Jesus celebrates. That sounds about right to me. So let's be a weeping, crying out, unbinding, and celebrating people. Beloved, happy, happy, happy pride. Yes, God. 
justice and We give thanks for that beautiful music and this beautiful service honoring and celebrating pride. As Michael and Dave reminded us, for everyone born, a place at the table. By virtue of your existence, God is delighting in your presence, however you are. In that profound theological statement, whether found in the book of Genesis, God made us in God's image, or found in these lyrics in the song, or found in your heart, in your closet, in your bedroom, wherever you are, for everyone born, a place at the table to live without fear and simply to be. Ain't that a word? Simply to be. As we go from church this Sunday, as we celebrate pride this morning, let us go with that word of benediction. For everyone born, a place at the table to live without fear and simply to be. For you were made in the image and likeness of God, and God delights in you. Remember that, and as you go, may the road rise to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the sun shine gently upon your face, and may the rains fall gently upon your fields. May God the God of the rainbow, may God, the God of all colors, may God, the God of gay, lesbian, bisexual, trans, all LGBTQ plus people in the whole world, may that God hold you in the palm of their hand. Go in peace to love and serve the world.